What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. G'day, good evening, good morning, and welcome to the Drops Kickoff for another day. We're now talking in days now, not weeks, because it is World Cup time, as mentioned in our earlier podcast from earlier this week. And today we are talking Wallabies. We are talking the Australian National Rugby Union team, in case you didn't know who they were. Uh, I'm joined again by the previous suspects from our last podcast. Of course, I am Nick Wasiliev. You know who I am. I'm, I'm usually, I've been here on every bloody podcast. And of course, first of all, I'm joined by the Emperor himself, El, Pre- El Presidente, Mr. Host. How are we, sir? Yeah, good evening. Great to be here, mate. Feeling good, feeling confident. Feeling confident? God, uh, that's a feeling I haven't felt in a very long time. I thought it was. I thought it was a random place that you can never get to. I thought it was like a random town outside of intercourse nebraska that's what i thought it was well mate i am here in the newcastle of newcastle mate you, you take france yeah we speak the right language over here we speak bogan and i'm <laughs> i'm here ready to go i love it and of course joining us all the way from gorgeous leon he is need he is like mouth deep in a croissant and a bottle of wine uh he is strong 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 eating it out of there deep 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 into there into that into that food it is of course Billy Nathanson. Nathan, how are you doing, mate? Jeez, I was wondering where you were going with that. Freaking yeah, I know. I was, I was about, as, as, as I was saying it, I was like, this, this is, this is probably heading into MA territory. I probably can't get away with this. <laughs> I, I wondered how we got those. Pod 18 plus. I wondered <laughs> how we got those player exclusives. Now I know. <laughs> it's not my true. method. Ask, ask a couple others. Um, no, no, it's, it's good. Um, like I say in Lyon, just about an hour outside of where the Wallabies are based at Saint Etienne. Um. But it's good. It's, again, positive spirits after a win, which, you know, for a lot of those guys that I haven't had in a while. So, yeah, it's all, all roads to the Fijis, which is going to be a cracker. Yeah, we won a game. How fucking weird. This is a strange feeling, eh? I was, like, actually kind of thinking to myself, God, this is actually, like, we, we actually did all right. We, we we actually played okay. It's it's nice to have to win. I could get used to this. So, of course, we are alluding. We're going to talk before we, we dive into this Fiji match. We're, of course, going to talk about... Australia's victory over Georgia, 35-15 to 15 at uh, Stade de France uh, earlier this week um, with our best buddy Luke Pearce as the referee. Um, fuck the Daily Telegraph uh, guy, that random pommy man. Let's make sure we invite Charles to all future press conferences so Eddie can bag the shit out of him. Gentlemen, let's talk general comments. How do we feel about this match? Are we happy? Are we going, it's a pass mark? Are we thinking... This is total dog shit, and it won't fly against Fiji and Wales. Nathan, where are we sitting? What do we? What is our? What do we classify this game as? First gear. That's the best way to describe it. It just felt like a, a team building into the tournament, which you want to see. You know, nothing flashy um, outside of certain 130 kilo props doing things that they shouldn't be. But um, like <laughs> it, it, it felt like just yeah, a really good tournament win. You know. Took the points when they were there, which we haven't done in the past. You know, scored enough tries early to build that sort of margin. And when Georgia looked to threaten, there was just that killer blow that was waiting to sort of steal the game. And all of a sudden, we have a new, a new superstar at 15. 
Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Just suddenly uh, feel, it's feeling like feeling, that. Like, isn't it? It's so weird seeing, like, I mean, no, and that's not meant to be be a criticism to, to Ben Donaldson at all, because I mean, <laughs> the dude can do stuff that 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 we can that we can only us three can only dream of in terms of his sheer athletic ability and skill set. But yeah, let's, who's, I, I find it funny that Eddie talked about it in the lead up to this game, or just post this game, saying I don't know what the hell the Waratahs didn't see in him. Because uh, it says so much that he come, he now gets picked for the Wallabies and kills it the way he does. And it's just, if you're a Waratahs fan, sorry to both of you on the pod, uh, I'd be kicking myself the fact that he's going over to the Western Force because he played phenomenally. Hoss, uh, what is, is Donaldson the standout for you? And how do you feel about this match? No. Um, <laughs> you, you summed it up nicely, Matt. I think it's all those things. Let's be clear. First and foremost, I'm a Wallabies fan who happens to ride on the, you know, Australia's best rugby fan site. Much better than that raw shit that somebody works on. Um, <laughs> way better. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Way yeah. better. Um, look, mate, as a fan, absolutely, you know, none from five. You take the win. You take the five points. You, you go, you know what? We're underway. I think you said, was it good enough to beat Wales or Fiji that outing? No, no way at all. No chance at all. Um Benny Donaldson, who's now Darth Vader because he's crossed to the Dark Force, he he um he, he did he did well, but I think he did well on the back of some people who who laid a, a very good platform, which we'll touch on later. But mate, you, you can only you can only beat who you play. So to that end, they got the job done. Was it a performance that filled me with confidence that we're going to make the semi-finals? No, it wasn't. Uh, I think we probably should have won by 25 more. But as Eddie said, as as Billy just said. You know, you, you you don't leave the traffic lights in fifth gear. You leave the traffic lights in first, and you know, accelerate from there. Well, we, we pulled away from the traffic lights in first. I just don't know how many gears this side has in them, though. Mm. Is it a manual or an automatic? Do yeah. they have the skill set to to actually function as a manual car and actually get into into the higher gears? That's the question. Well, let's talk best performers then, seeing as you as you touched on it on the on the solid platform, solid foundation. I think it is easy just based on the on the score sheet to assume that Donaldson is the the player that we all keep track of. But as you alluded to, there is a there is a lot of other players who I think really stood out and, and performed quite well. Um, and Hoss, I will throw to you first. Who is those, in terms of those people who set that solid platform, the underappreciated members of this squad? Who is it? Talk me yeah, about. Yeah, maybe this. I'll just have a plug first for those who are listening uh, to the <laughs> you know, forty or fifty thousand out there. The um, if you head to Green and Gold Rugby, you can vote for your favourite Wallaby on a five-four-three-two-one basis. Uh, we might call on Billy's skills. We're going to we're going to award a Green and Gold Rugby Wallaby the uh, the Cup trophy. Which we've already got, so Nath might get that to the winner. So is it a please, piece of paper? Is it going to be the piece of paper like the old no, days no, with no, David no. Poey? This oh, is actually you... this is actually a green and gold trophy that we've invested around twenty eight dollars in. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, we might get it to Nath, and hopefully we might get a photo of the. Anyway, go to the website and vote. But for mine, if I go five to one, uh, the skipper uh, John Holmes was my player of the match by by some distance. Uh, I, I said in the comments the other day to uh, to uh, Brumby Runner. That we finally, that, sorry, not finally, we, we saw the European Will Skelton. We saw the Will Skelton that Europe's been raving about for five, six, seven seasons. He was every inch the inter- class international lock. So he gets my five. Uh, second was the Abattoir, Daniela Tupo, 145 kilo, uh, five eight or, or, or halfback. He was just, he, he did the bread and butter well, as Nutter would say. The scrum was good. His set piece was good. He carried the ball up all game. 
and he's got skills that he shouldn't have at that that size and that fatigue. Uh, number three was the Kelpie, uh, Fraser McWright. He just doesn't stop running around, doesn't stop working. Uh, for me, two was Darth Vader, Benny Donaldson. He did well, and he, he had a good, solid game, but he did what uh, the Ford Pack allowed him to do, and the Ford Pack were very good. And number one, the one point for me was the Funky Bunch, Marky Mark. He uh, he did he had a really good game as well. So, yeah, that that's my five to one. I thought Will Skelton was my man of the match. Uh, yeah, and then then uh, Tenniella and uh, Fraser not far behind him. I appreciate that you're we're going to the Ford Pack because really I thought that's where this game was going to be was going to be won and lost because everyone talks a big talk about the uh, the strength of the Georgian Forward Pack and yeah. and and how good they've looked and how many players play in the top divisions and it, it was it was it just felt strange a little bit that it, we felt kind of on top of them for quite a lot of that match. Nathan, do you think that's uh, do we agree with Mr. Hoss here? Do we thinking is this literally where the game is is won and lost? Yeah, absolutely. I think my I can't remember what I put in as my five, five, four, three, two, one, but it was pretty close to what what Hoss had. Um, I, I think yeah, there's certain a couple of underrated players in this game. Um, I think one in particular is Dave Parecki as that kind of yeah, that's that rock in that forward pack. You know, he's an underrated scrummager that sort of neutralised what everyone was talking about as being this. You know, oh George Georgian packs, all they do is you know they eat, sleep, and scrum and they got on top of him. You know, his mm. line-out was excellent. Um, his carries to time are excellent. And, you know, having guys like him, yeah, Will Skelton as well, just the way, I, I think it was about the 53rd or 63rd minute, something like that, when Georgia were on the attack of the rolling mall and he just swam through like it was yeah. like, just blew it up like a one-man army. You kind of sit back and go, holy shit. Okay, this is, as, as kind of Hoss said, this is, why they think he's a top 10 player in the world. This is why when people are building teams, Will Scouten is the, is the automatic selection. He was, he was incredible. He's just grown into this leadership. And you, know, you look at guys like, as well, you know, Tom Hooper. Um, I thought even Angus Bell, I thought was solid, even though yeah, you know, maybe not the, the impact. We might, might be used to more of an impact, but he was just, just solid. You know, I think when you've got a young prop like that and you've got young players like that, sometimes the gap between their best and their worst is, is you know, the Great Canyon. But for him, just being able to just keep building consistent after consistent, solid, world-class performances, just a sign of how good he's going to be and how good he is right now. So I think absolutely, you, you look at that forward pack. And also I think the sort of platform, the sort of some of the backs were laying in the counter-attack as well. You know, mm. guys like Marika and Samu making breaks out of nothing. Um, you know, Marky in the air was, again, just causing chaos. That's that's kind of just how Georgia, any game plan Georgia had just went out the window. And they just really tormented them just throughout the, for the majority of 80 minutes. So it was, yeah, it's, it's tough to really kind of, you, you want to sort of praise all those starters, just how well they played. Because I don't think there was anyone who really had a bad game. That's starting 15. Yeah, if that's going to be first gear, then I will happily take it because that's still a 20-point win over a side that's technically ranked 11th in the world, but let's not go into the IRB rankings and how much fucking crap there is in there. But it's but wait, let's like it's a 20-point win where they can they scored in the last minute. Mm. Like yeah, it was that's 27, true. 27 points for the rest of it. Like if it was if it ended, I can't remember if it ended 35-8. 
it's a whole whole different story. Not a whole different story, but it looks a lot better than the 35-15 we copped. So, like, mm. it could have been a lot. It's 35-15 is almost flattering for Georgia in, in the sense of they scored it when there was no real kind of meaning left in the game. Yeah, but, mate, look, <clears throat> I don't entirely disagree for a change. You're almost talking sense, which is, listeners, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> what you got, you got to remember the Funky Bunch also made a try-saving tackle in the corner. Like, I, I, I predicted a 19-point win in, you know, in my, my uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning writing, um, and I would have been happy with that. But I, I just think for how good the Wallabies played and the platform that the Fords laid, that they the side probably deserved a 35 40 point win and sh- sorry should have won by 35 or 40 points so you think they left stuff out on the park that- oh for, sh- for sure and i think you know they they'd admit the same mate yeah i i, I do think so i do I, I would agree with that it did it did feel like particularly in that second half um there was it did kind of feel like they they were they were trying to get into second gear and they were bunny hopping a little bit like they just couldn't couldn't get the the transition from clutch to second gear working properly, um, and, and maybe that also has something to do with the bench um, a little bit. I kind of adding to that to, to echoing your points. I'm 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 so impressed with Bell. I just I could watch him yeah. all day. He is. I love how fast he is. I love how much of a wrecking ball he is, and his sheer enthusiasm. Whenever I, you know, if, if we go back to my favourite player to talk about. Uh, the, the one and only Lockley, Lock, Lockie Swinton. He could take a – I think he should take a leap out of Bell's book. Be physical, be aggressive, be strong, don't lose your head. And Bell doesn't lose his head um, uh, when he plays. Uh, mate, I would go as far to say that by the time he's done, Angus Bell will be the best prop to have played in the last 20 years. He is that good and he has that much upside – I know Nello gets the plaudits, and he's a Nello's a, a a freakish athlete with great skills. But going forward, Angus Bell will be Australia's best prop of the of the last twenty years. Yeah, he, he looked he looked so good, didn't he? It's a big no. I I, I vibe that. I, I'd back that. I can, I can get behind that. Yeah, I could back that. It's just yeah, I love watching him. I just love watching him. He's great to watch. Um, and I'll also throw in a final shout out in this section to to Samu Karebi. I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say, and you guys may disagree with me on this. He wasn't firing on all cylinders um, for a lot of this match. I think because they probably are trying to ease him back in deliberately, um, and I think probably because they had one eye on the game that we're about to talk about this coming week. Um, but I thought for him easing back into the way he was, um, he played pretty well. He he, played, he looked a lot better than what he had done in previous games earlier this year. So. I'm optimistic, a lot more optimistic that he is, uh, he's going to perform well going later into the pool stages um, as well. It's just such a shame that we lost Ikitao because him and Ikitao together uh, in the centres is a lethal combo. Oh, mate, I'd, I'd take that one step further. We won't be, we won't, we'll, we'll not beat Fiji if Karevi is not firing. Yeah, I, I'd argue that. Like, I think there's a good, there's a good. Uh, a good argument for that. Before we leave this game behind and talk Fiji, let's talk about one big surprise from this match. Um, and um, the big thing that made us stand that, that kind of similar to the what the fuck moment we talked about in the uh, in the previous podcast. We, what's the biggest surprise? The one thing that kind of really surprised us in this game. Uh, Nathan, you first. I guess just the lack of impact from the bench. It's all, I didn't expect it to kind of fall apart how it did, in the sense of it just didn't really seem like we as soon as 
like your Pareckis and, you know, Karevis came off. We just kind of just fell apart a little. Like, it just looked a bit rusty. Also, the sight of seeing Marika Karambete in at centre, that surprised me. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That coming. Yeah, that was a, that was a strange. I mean, he wasn't terrible. Like, he, I mean, it was good that he was he was calling stuff, and it does hark back to that whole positionless rugby situation that Squidge and Eddie have been talking about for God knows how long. But yeah, it was a weird feeling seeing him in there because you just I just see him going, I get ball, I run. That's that's just how we go. So good to see him though. Hoss, would you would you agree with the uh, with Marika in the centres? Uh. Oh no, mate! Look, I'm sick of Nathan's negativity, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, should, I, should biggest... I uppercut myself or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you throw a punch. It's a waste of time. Um, <laughs> my biggest surprise was an absolute positive um, was Will Skelton's leadership. I had uh, Michael Hooper text me during the game, going, "What the fuck are they? What's he doing? What's the ball on the ground for?" Not realizing we're taking shots at goal. Um, it, it wasn't that I doubted his leadership. I just there was a there was a camera huddle where the the language might have been a bit fruity. I mean, if you're going to put a camera in a a camera in a huddle in the middle of a game, well, you get what you deserve. But I just liked his calmness, his clarity around his thinking. Uh, I liked that he led from the front. I mean, I, I've look, he's an ex-tar, so I cop it on the website because you know the Waratahs might be the world's greatest provincial side. But he he also took three. <laughs> I can't, can't keep a straight face saying I'm that. I'm sorry, that's that, that's based on science. We were the last team to win the uh, Super Rugby title from Australia. Um, it, it, he took three line-out jumps himself. He, he won two turnover balls himself. As Natho said, on top of all that, he swam through the middle of the Georgian pack and got a turnover ball. He, he, he hit the ball up all game. Uh, it was just one of the best captain's game I've seen from a Wallaby skipper in a long time. I didn't doubt his leadership. I just did not know that he was uh, he had that level of leadership in him. And I know he's got oversized mitts, but we're in really good hands with Will Skelton as a captain for the foreseeable future. Yeah, what a pickup from Eddie. I'm not going to lie. I think the 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 line that you, the, that section you were talking about that camera work was it where he was looking at all of those of his forward pack and saying, "Do your fucking job." Hundred percent. Do your sure. fucking job, and they did, and they listened to him, which was fantastic. I oh, mean, um, the guy's the guy's eight foot six. I mean, if he, you know, you're gonna do what he says, um, but just just the clarity. It, it and I hate to say it, but it was all black esque. It was just clear, concise, calm. This is what we're doing without and, any ego. Exactly. Yeah. And the team did it. He's just the perfect. I think he's the perfect World Cup captain for for a number of reasons. One, for that he's just got the trust of the group. You know, he's a born and bred winner in France as well. I think also when when you're also walking out both sides and you have a guy who is seven foot leading a team out, who some of them have will go for like the halfback or the centre as their captain. God, it's a good sight. It just makes you feel like okay, we're in a good position. We have, this giant is leading us out, and it all of a sudden looks like we're playing against some some absolute elves. Um, I think also as well, one of the things about Will is he's not the best, not he's not the best media talker comparatively to everyone else. But at a World Cup, you don't need to be because sort of peeling the curtain back, there's a there's not many times where a captain will have to speak in front of the media without his head coach next to him. Uh. Eddie knows ninety percent of the questions are going to go to him. He's going to cop it all. He can play that game, and no one plays it better. Will can, can be there to give a player's perspective and, you know, a lot of his questions, a lot of the sort of 
hard hitting, not the hard hitting questions, but the questions that might sort of stump or make make a captain that's not used to that environment sort of go into his shell. Will go to Eddie. So mm. Will can kind of Will's a lot of Will's focus will just be on playing the game, making sure the team's right, while Eddie takes all the heat from any of us pesky journalists asking questions and trying to get stuff out of him. So I think it's it's turned out to be a perfect choice. Hey, look, one thing I'd add to that, and it's four weeks old now. Brian, Coach Brian, doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he he made the bravest decisions I've seen in Australian rugby in 20 years. He didn't change something; he changed everything. And and I, I go back to what have we achieved in the last 20 years? And this isn't a dig at anybody who's worn the gold jersey. It's we we had a history where we'd become accustomed to being brave losers, good effort brave performance, all those things, but we have lost for 20 years. And and tinkering at the margins was not going to help us, uh, the future of rugby, or the Swallaby side. So I, I absolutely scream from the from the rooftop the, bra- uh, the braveness, uh, the courage, and the vision of Eddie to change absolutely everything about this Wallaby side, including a skipper, including backing the youth. I, I just think that the World Cup is one thing. I understand that we're, you know, we've probably got three eyes – if you're from Queensland, firmly placed on the 2027 World Cup. But it, it starts now, and I, I cannot credit Eddie Jones and Rugby Australia enough for the entire uh, courage to do what they've done with this captain and with this squad going forward because we needed to change 20 years of a losing habit. Well said. God, nailed it. And, and John, it's, it's just making me laugh, and I feel like I'm going to undermine this this great comment, all these great comments that you've just said, that these are the biggest surprises to have come out of your match. And my one was just going to be a haphazard throwaway. What the fuck happened to Carter Gordon's hair? Um, <laughs> what happened to his What happened to his beautiful mo? Do we have a name for Carter yet? And should it be Goldilocks or uh, what's what's the name of Rapunzel, the one who with the magical yeah. hair? If if you read if you spent less time on the Raw and more time on Gag, you'd know his know. nickname is Flash. Flash. That's right. Flash that's Gordon. Right. Yes, it's a, that's actually a perfectly good name. But yeah, he was his hairstyle looked all right. What what is this? What happened to his? I'm sad that his afro his beautiful mullet is gone. That was my. Big surprise, and I'm very upset about it. Very disappointed about it. Anyway, let's move on. So let's talk about. We've talked Georgia, we've talked big surprises, and we've talked uh, big changes happening uh, with with big clean out and the fact that the Eddie that the little skeleton that we're as captain is kicking ass. But we are now facing our next challenge, which is of course the Flying Fijians. As mentioned, they've gone down 32. 26 to Wales in particularly controversial circumstances, which we've uh, which we've discussed with the performance of a certain referee, who shall remain nameless. And we will talk what needs to change. Of course, we I think we're in agreement here that even though this performance was good, the step up over the next few games uh, of Fiji and then to and then Wales uh, is going to be something where you go well. We need to do we need to do better than that. We need the, that's some of the performances there aren't going to cut it. So, where what are the key things that we need? I'm going to throw to you first, Hoss, for this question. Um, where what are the things that we need to change for Fiji? If anything, is this first of all, is this the squad? Do you reckon the squad that we had as the starting 15 is the squad we take into Fiji? No, uh, mate, my, you were good enough to send me these notes with 12 minutes' notice, so thank you very much. Um, <laughs> That's that's, the, that's that's organised for us, which, which is true. That's, yeah. that's exactly. eleven more minutes than I usually get. Just, <laughs> I'm just looking up industrial relations. Can you sack volunteers? Just one second. Um, 
Mate, uh, uh, the first thing I wrote is, what do we need to change? What was one word was everything. Uh, I think we need to change tactics. I think we need to kick a hell of a lot less. Um, Flash looked a bit... Un- Look, I understand there's tactics for each team and there'd be instructions. I, I get all that. But as a fan and a-, a student, I thought he looked very uncomfortable with the kicking game against uh, Georgia. I think his first reaction, what I've seen over him, particularly Super Rugby last year, is to run, is to take the line on, is to square up the defence and-, and set up space for his outsides. So I thought our kicking game was pretty poor uh, against uh, Georgia. So I... And you're playing against Fiji, you do not want to give them broken field structure. If you're going to kick it out, kick it into row, row G. Um, I, I go back to the Super Rugby last year against the Drua, and uh, again, surprisingly, the Tars win. Um, what the Tars did well against the Drua, which is, again, a lot of the Fiji inside, is you need to make it a set-piece game. You need to take broken field opportunities out of it. You need to take turnover ball out of it as much as you can. So I... In a word, mate, everything. Uh, they have to change tactics. We have to kick better. I think they have to change centres. Uh, I like Jordan of Nazareth as a player. I really do like the kid. But I think Parisi and Karevi have to start because you need to shut Fiji down. You need to get in their face and sit them on their backside. The other thing I'd change, mate, is I'd bring in Elsa Frost for uh, Andre the Giant. I would give Arnold a rest because I think Frost is more uh, athletic and the Fijians will burn a two-metre-eight tiring giraffe very quickly. So I think you have to start with uh, with the skipper and you have to start with Ilsa Frost. So, mate, I would change everything. I would change tactics. I would change key players. Uh, I would change the game plan in particular, and I would be looking to, to nullify as best you can any uh, broken field, open field opportunities for the Fijians because they will. You cannot out-Fiji Fiji. It's it is actually it is such a challenge. It is such a challenge, and seeing all of that experience that they're getting from playing in Super Rugby is it's rubbing off so much on them. Um, the thing that I was particularly impressed about with the Drua it was just how much better their set piece was as well. You've already got the the danger of their backline, but there were a couple of instances in that Wales game where they out scrummed Wales mm-hmm. um, on multiple occasions where their line out was picking off the Welsh line out. And I just thought to myself, these are this is clearly stuff that uh, that the Welsh that the that the Fijian rather uh, coaching staff they have made them work hard on this, um, and I'm quite excited to see just just that that contest looks absolutely enthralling. Nathan, what are what are our thoughts here? Do you reckon a change of cavalry is required? I think I think it was the I think Australia for context was the was the third the team that kicked the third most. Uh, in in over the weekend, I believe. I think France and South Africa were the only teams that kicked more. Um, so, do you think that uh, the kicking the ball and strategic kicking works, or do you or are you with uh, on Planet Hoss and saying that it's just a case of changing everything? The, the key word that you just said there was strategic. I mean, and just to sort of add to that stat as well, no one kicked for more more meters than Carter Gordon on the weekend. But if you're going to kick it, make it contestable because you've got got a weapon there in Markey. That can, you know, match it with the Fijians in the air. As kind of Hoss said perfectly, you can't give them that space and time to really piece us apart. But the one thing I do think that needs to change is the way we approach the sort of defense. Because the Georgians, when the Georgians did find success, it was on the edges, kind of burning our outside man and just kind of attacking those wings and getting past them. 
Mm-hmm. That's Fiji and bread and butter. They'll mm-hmm. come out and just absolutely dice you up if you do that. As for personnel changes, we know, there, there's there's going to be at least one change because um, Tate's out. That's he's confirmed category one concussion. That's a 12 day stand down. He won't be back to Wales. Um, so likely it depends what type of game you want to play to start with. If you want that up tempo, you go with a fines of Awasa, but more likely they'll go with Nick White to start. Outside of that, yeah, bring I think there's a lot of kind of reinforcing that bench so you can get a more consistent 80 minute performance. And hopefully you can achieve that if Slipper and Pharmacilli back. I think Frost Frost as well should I think I agree with Hoss that he should start. I believe he's been dealing with a ear injury. But he's kind of walked out to training basically with his own in sense of like Nick's raising his eyes when it was Christy that was, that was the one that broke the story. So you gotta read your own read your own journal. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I already knew that. I was just like I didn't. Re- I just wasn't fully aware of the details of of all the stuff he's had to be doing at training. Like I know so, that- yeah, he's been essentially he's been like it looks like he's wearing a headgear. Like he's just like st- strapping up his ears just to essentially avoid it. Apparently got infected and like he keeps the stitches keep coming out and it's just been. So you might have to actually rock the headgear to make it work, but I think if you can, yeah, start frost. White comes into the starting side with the likes of Slipper, Farmer Silly, maybe even a Matt Phillip, just to mm. kind of bring a bit more yeah, good call. security around that sort of that line-out set pace, particularly ruck time as well, and then also finds other Wasa on the bench. Um, maybe go for a 6-2 if you've got, you know, someone like Fines who can cover wing as well. Um, I don't think you need a specialist winger on the bench. You, you, don't, you just have him and um, you have Fines and Parisi, I reckon, on the bench. I, I think you keep Jordy. I, I didn't think Jordy was that bad, to be honest, on the weekend. I thought he was. Uh, I think he started the game pretty well. Mate, it, it wasn't a criticism of uh, Jordan of Nazareth. Um, it was just, I think it's, you know, Eddie's a horses for courses type uh, coach. I just think we need a bit more grunt in defence, and I think Parisi perhaps offers that. Mate, if I can just go back to something you said there. With uh, the lip, Nick White, um, I thought the Wallabies suffered when he came on the field last week. I thought he slowed the he slowed it down too much. And I know the Brumbies rugby is played off nine, not ten, but the Wallabies rugby is played off ten. And and Nick and his constant constipation at the ruck, all it allows all it allows is opposition defences to reset. So by the time Gordon, Karevi, Donaldson, whoever the first receiver is. The defences have realigned and they're waiting and they're ready to smash. The, Nick White has to clear the ball off the base of that rack quicker. He, That was the difference in the second half. It wasn't just his fault. You know, no, Nobody wins you a game or loses you a game, but White has to clear that ball quicker. And it, it's doing it's doing my head in as a fan of rugby, the constant meerkat looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around, and all we're doing is letting opposition Ds reset and then just pick off our runners left, right, and centre or that goddamn caterpillar box kick should be illegal, but that's a, another podcast. Um, White has to pull his finger out. I, I'd start fines. I would start fines because you can't. If you're going to want to close a game out, Nick White's the right guy. If he kicks it long, kicks it out. But if you if you're chasing a game, Nick White's not the guy to get you the results. So I personally, I'd be starting fines as the uh, number nine. 
He is a good. He, I love how fast he is. I love his 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 ability to make a game up tempo. Um, always been really impressed with that skill set. Maybe he might be a good combination with Gordon. Um, probably just the way that they both play and the style and approach that they both take. Maybe we might see a surprise him named as a surprise a surprise pick over over White because I think probably most folks would would assume yeah you, yeah of course Eddie's going to go White uh, for this game um, and see how it goes, but. Good pick up. I like it. So do we, is that where we reckon where the game will be won and lost then? Uh, what do we think in terms of – because I have a feeling – I think we, we've alluded to it a couple of times and you've mentioned it that if Sami Karevi doesn't start this game and isn't firing 100%, that's uh, where we'll lose to Fiji. And personally, I'm in agreement. I think that's where the game is going to be won and lost because that that clash between Karevi and Radradra is basically – yeah. Whoever gets over the game line there, it basically determines which team is going forward and which team isn't. And if if it is the case that you've got someone like uh, Radradra outdoing Karevi, or God forbid Karevi getting injured again, uh, that puts a huge amount of pressure on someone like Parisi or Fichetti, who I thought Fichetti didn't really fire in that game against Georgia. He didn't really kick off. I mean, he's a great player and looks and looks really really promising, but against someone as strong as Radradra just getting carved up. Do we reckon centers is where it's the game's won and lost, or do we do we think going back to the traditional place of the forward base? Yeah, probably. I think that's the way you shut down Fiji, is really sort of avoid getting in the likes of, you know, Humbosi's hands and like the rest of the sort of outside backs. Um, I think, yeah, if you can sort of win that midfield battle, a guy like Karevi as well can just turn a game. And I know he's been... He came off early, but he's, essentially Eddie was saying he was saving him for this game. So I think this is going to be a big, big one for him to really make a difference. I think when you look at the sort of Fijian influence in this Wallaby side as well, you look at there's probably the potential that seven of the 23 have some kind of Fijian background. I think this is just going to be there's going to be probably no greater understanding of what to expect from Fiji when you couple that with the you know two years of having faced a Drua side being able to strategize and sort of try things week to week. So I think it's, yeah, it's winning that midfield battle and winning that set piece battle early just to kind of take the sting out of it and not, not essentially allow what Wales did and just allow them away back into the game and ultimately the sort of controlled chaos that they love to play. Yeah, look, mate, good point. I, I Look, uh, I, I see this weekend uh, Eddie pulling the trigger on a few changes. I, I've got to see, you've got to have Callaway in the 23. Uh, you cannot have uh, Vinavalo in this week because he's just, um, it, you know, he had a good game against France. He didn't do too much wrong against Georgia. But the game's going to be won or lost, I think, in the loose forwards and the centres. Uh, so to that end, I've got Lange Gleeson either starting or with, or with much more game time. Uh, Tom Hooper's been great, don't get me wrong, and deserves every credit and every accolade he's getting. But I think you've got to get Lange Gleeson into a game against Fiji earlier, if not starting. Kellaway for me, has got to start at the expense of Donaldson. I know that's a big call. Donaldson's just kicked 600 points and did all those things. But, you know, Andrew Kellaway is still a better footballer. He, maybe he doesn't kick for goals. I get that. But pound for pound, rugby smarts for rugby smarts, Andrew Kellaway at this point is still a better footballer. So he, for me, he's he's either got to be 15 or he's got to be on the bench because uh, he can cover uh, anywhere from 11 to 15. Uh, Lenny Gleeson's got to get a bit more game time, and and you, you, it's the same old thing. You, you you're not going to run run around Fiji. You got to you got to shut them down in the middle of the field first as best you can. You got to have a ten who's kicking for the corners. 
And look, Fiji are going to score one or two 90-metre tries. You, you accept that's what they're going to do, but you have to give them as little opportunity as you can. Breakdowns, limit the quick taps. Your discipline's got to be important. One of the things that didn't get commented on enough was Wallaby's discipline was brilliant. It's the best discipline I've seen from an orange uh, gold side sorry, mm. in, in, the, in the last 20 years. Um, so they've got to maintain that. They've got to stay composed, take their time, make good decisions, but limit Fiji's broken field turnover ball opportunities. And to do that, I think you need Gleason somewhere in the 23. You absolutely need Kellaway somewhere in the 23. And uh, you need Parisi thereabouts. Yeah, well, that's could have nailed it any better. I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a, 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 a yet another hot take. God, who'd have thought me making hot takes? Um, and just coming out and saying, I reckon in the entire context of Group C, at, uh, this is probably the most important match. Um, 100%, 100%. The most important match. I'm, I know people will probably say, what about Wales-Australia? If Fiji lose this game, that is effectively their tournament done. Yep. Um, and as much as uh, I think we can all say that Georgia is a legitimate threat um, and Portugal, you know, appreciate you coming, but let's be honest, I don't think you're you're going to be a, a stronger contender as, as Fiji or Georgia. Um I think if 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 Australia if Australia win this game, then we can argue pretty strongly that they're going to be at least making quarterfinals. Um, and not only that, it means that if if Australia wins, it shuts the door on any potential chance for of any of the chasing pack to potentially make it. Of course, unless of course Wales shit the bed again and lose to Georgia, which hey, it's already happened once. Who's to say it couldn't happen again? But I think for me, this is the most important game in this entire pool for all of the teams in consideration. 100% agree with everything that they made. This this is the game of the tournament for Pool C. Every, mm. for, every team, for every contender in Pool C, this is the game that matters. Mm. 100%. Like, and the importance of it, if you can win this game, you're basically into a quarterfinal. You start looking sort of a month ahead. That's going to be so crucial. You don't want to be looking at Wales and being like, all right, shit, this is now must-win territory. Mm. But as as a coach too, mate, anyone who's got a niggle, if if we win this game, Eddie goes right, you know, Harry, Tom, Fred, you have the match off because you know I'm going to give you two weeks off to recover. He he can freshen up anyone who might be a little bit jaded, a little bit little bit of a a wobble uh, based on getting over the top of the Fijians this Saturday. Absolutely, I'd agree with that completely. So let's talk final predictions. Let us talk final predictions for this match. Who do we see winning? And, who, and by how much? Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first. I still think Australia win. Like, I, I don't know how much the past month has taken out of Fiji in the sense of the emotion around the win over England, the, you know, complete inverse that happened against Wales and, you know, having the, the way they fought back and all the ball, how much sort of petrol tickets they, have they already spent? How much of that emotional kind of energy is left in them? I think, I Yeah. I think Australia. I Australia by twelve. Australia by twelve. Interesting call. More than more than a more than ten, which is which I think is a, a daring call. For context, Hoss Nathan thinks that earlier had mentioned earlier that uh, he thinks that Fiji had already played their big game when they knocked off England. Do you uh, would you agree in your predictions? Uh, mate, I have two predictions. One is that. One of Dan Bigger's one of Dan Bigger's teammates is going to punch him in the face during a game. So, um, 
And I'll offer a $500 Bunnings voucher to the Welshman that does. Um, the second is, look, I, I preface this with a – I suppose I'm going to get splinters. I preface this with depending on the selections. I love the Wallabies, and I'm going Fiji by eight. Oh, okay. You think Fiji are going to win? Bloody hell. I just think they have more to play for. Their, their fitness didn't surprise me during against the Welsh, but it made me sit up and go, these guys have got 90 minutes of rugby in them. Um, if the Wallabies aren't smart, they and, and that comes down to selections and tactics as well, Fiji will burn them. Eek. God, that's a – yeah, and the prospect of that, I mean, it's a real threat. It's a very, very, very real threat. I think Australia gets home, but by less than five. It's going to – I think it's similar to, to the Wales game, hopefully with much better refereeing. Um, but similar to the Wales game, I think we will have a thriller on our hands, uh, a case where the game will go either way and – I, and I hope, and it's it's pure just hopefulness that Australia will sneak home. But if they do, it's less than five in my Mate, eyes. We've got Andrew Brace has the whistle, and our favourite South African, uh, Yako <laughs> Piper, has is an AR. <laughs> At least it's not Yonkers in the TMO. That <laughs> Marius, if you're listening, retire. Oh, and on that note, let's I'll, fi- I'll finish off with one final question for both of you, um, which is the question of what is one thing, what's one last small thing that you're excited to watch this upcoming weekend? Could be in the Australia-Fiji game, could be elsewhere. I think I already know Hoss's answer, which is Dan Bigger having lights out um, and, getting an, and, and, ha- and getting knocked out by one of his teammates. But in, in all seriousness, what is something that we are excited to see this weekend? For me... I just want to see Namibia score two or three tries past the All Blacks and just the celebration that that will cause because I've been so impressed by how passionate and supportive. And, I mean, like, I think hearing the stories of, of some of the of the issues that – I mean, there's a fantastic video that Squid Rugby put out talking about the level of corruption that has effectively held Namibian rugby back um, from progressing to the likes of the, the likes of your Georgia – and Uruguay having professional leagues or semi-professional leagues in their in their competition, in like in their local, you know, domestically. Uh, I just want to see them do well because they've got nothing to lose, and I'd be so it'd be so fantastic to see them score some tries. So that's one thing I'm kind of excited to watch this weekend. What do you think, Nathan? What's your what, have you got one thing that you're excited to see? Uh, it's. I, I'm the reverse. I want to see. I want to see other like South Africa, France, and New Zealand put a cricket score on someone. <laughs> I, as much as much as like all of the you know watching the tier two nations and watching them score like the opening try like Romania did, and you know that's all part of it. I think there is also a part of the World Cup where you need to see a team get absolutely pumped. And yes, we got that with Ireland, the 82-8. I want like I generally think if France and New Zealand pick a strong enough team, and they've got let's face it, they've got enough enough depth that they could pick a second string team and do it. I want to see a team put a hundred on someone. Just could be funny. You sadistic bastard! You're, you're a masochist. <laughs> Jesus oh, I am. Christ. I want to see it happen. What? Just and uh, my prediction is one of one one out of three put a hundred on someone. Calling it now. <laughs> that is savage. Uh, you are a cruel man. <laughs> Look, I, I, for me, mate, it's a, it's a very simple. Rugby is a global game. 
we have some Pacific Island, you know, neighbours that, that are doing the very best they can just to get to the cup. And uh, to that end, I'd like to see a struggling little nation like New Zealand climb out of fourth place in their pool. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, an av- with, with an average IQ of 65, uh, <laughs> Ugg boots, their biggest export. Um, you know, it, I'd just like to see our, our Pacific neighbours do well and, and climb out of that fourth place position and, you know, Really, really atone for themselves. Uh, perhaps yeah. we could, yeah. Perhaps we could send them some lifesavers because pools are dangerous. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. Go New Zealand. <laughs> Is that a call for help? Yeah, I know. It's like, did, did, blink, breathe three times if you uh, if you need saving, Hoss, mate. That uh, that doesn't sound like the man I know. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much, gentlemen. It has been an absolute privilege talking Wallabies and World Cup rugby with you. Uh, for the context, the Wallabies will face Fiji this weekend at 1:45 a.m. Australian time on uh, this <laughs> this uh, this weekend uh, on the 18th. Actually, sorry, it's actually not. It's uh, it's the start of the, the following week, a Monday. Monday. So yeah. that's right. So <sighs> bloody time zones messing everything up. But they will be in Saint Etienne. So if, if you are in Saint Etienne, which is the Newcastle of France, get get down to it. Show show your support. Go the Wallabies this weekend. It's all or nothing. Yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there. We're not going to run a Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff?